the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Back with you at the Capitol. Let me just say that I am uh, the only uh, political-loving person here other than the governor who's sitting here across from me right now. Everybody else has gone home, governor. You know, it, it is a little bit quiet in the Capitol <laughs> as you walk around. I, I sometimes get out of my office and just take a stroll to get a little exercise yeah. after the meetings. And I took a stroll, and uh, uh, not a whole lot of people here right now. But they'll be back. Yeah, they'll be back Monday, ready to go at it again, I'm sure. Well, I guess, uh, you know, what we start today is simple. Taxes. You had a big uh, presser yesterday. How was it received? Very well. Very well. Of course, we have to get a three-fourths vote to pass it, and uh, we'll be there. There's a lot of support for it and a recognition that this is the completion of three phases of tax cuts, uh, where we started uh, 2015, four years ago with a $100 million income tax cut for uh, the middle-income categories. That was our largest tax cut, and then we followed it with a $50 million income tax cut, which is phase two for lower-income Arkansans. At this point, 90% of Arkansans have a tax cut, and this finishes it by flattening the rate to 5.9%, and it's the third phase will give 100% of our Kansas a tax cut since I've been elected governor. And the key thing is it allows us to be competitive with our surrounding states. You've seen uh, the numbers on the tax rates in our surrounding states that are that are lower than ours. Yes. And so as we try to recruit industry, if we're sticking up there with a 6.9% interest rate, it's our income tax rate, that's hard. This lowers it to 5.9 over two years. It's a good plan, and uh, it's a good start to this session. We can get this passed. All right. So yesterday I saw all kinds of – I saw the picture on the front page today because I couldn't come – You were, why you did this? I, I, I can't believe it. During you would show. have depressed during my show. <laughs> I, guess I, could, I guess I could have come down and brought my, all my stuff, and we could have broadcast right from the press. No, I'm just kidding you. But, no, you know, I saw all the charts that were there. looked like you were trying to show the people that were there what you just said, that we're lagging as far as, as taxes go. There's two main points that I drove in the uh, uh, news conference yesterday. One is uh, our lack of competitiveness. And this is very real because I meet with CEOs. I make my calls to industry saying, come to Arkansas and do business. We come down sometimes to the final competition with two or three other states. And uh, most recently, 
the CEO looked at me and said our accountants took a look at the numbers and Arkansas's tax structure is not favorable enough, so we're going to another state. Okay. So it's a very real issue, our competitiveness in growing and attracting jobs. So I made that case. And the other thing is that you know, whenever you're flattening it to 5.9%, then you're going to have some of the higher income categories get a benefit from it. And so you're going to see uh, some of the Democrats and others say, well, we don't want to give a tax cut to the higher income category. Well, the fact is that that's why I said it in historical context. We've done – this is the third phase. Uh, we've already done – we started with the middle income, lower income, and this is a final phase to lower to 5.9. So it puts it in perspective, and that was the other message that I had. Well, to bring it into perspective, let's look at it this way. Job creation is up, and it only go up higher with a, a tax cut for folks in that uh, category. Uh, absolutely. Uh, that is exactly the right picture, that uh, those in lower income or middle income, uh, they need to move up that economic ladder. We need higher paying jobs. We need good jobs. And we're recruiting industry and businesses to do that. And, and so this will attract capital investment. Uh, it will attract uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, businesses here will be more competitive, and that helps everyone. If you look at the education system in our schools, what is their great need in some of the smaller communities in rural Arkansas? They need a better tax base to support education. This will build that tax base as you build industry in our communities. The other thing that I don't think people pay attention to, they say, well, look, we're t- cutting taxes, and people say when you cut taxes, you're going to get less revenue. That's not been the case year after year. We've gotten more revenue to work with. Well, because we have a growing economy. That's true. And so even though you cut the rate, as President Kennedy recognized and President Reagan, that if you have a growing economy, then you're going to have more people working and paying in, even though the rate is at a lower level. Correct. And so... The estimates are that this uh, tax cut will cost us $97 million uh, over the two years when it's fully impacted. It costs us $97 million a year, but it'll be phased in over two years. Okay. And so it's something that is manageable, but it does uh, reduce on the front end uh, the revenue. But as more people work and we grow our economy, it makes up for that. So you've got to be pretty doggone good you know, positive about what's going to happen. I mean, it's already happening. It is. Of course, we haven't passed it yet. But (laughs) if we can pass this bill, then you think about what has been accomplished, which is historical and transformational. Uh, We built our income tax rate up to 7% uh, in Arkansas in the 70s. Uh, It maintained that level all the way through the 2000. The Republicans took over. We started nipping away at it. And we reverse that trend, and if we can get that down to the 5.9%, that is historical, that is transformational, is a dramatic change in the direction of our state and for the taxpayers. Well, let's talk about transformational. You've got a whole other bailiwick going on out there trying to transform state government here in the, uh, the state of Arkansas. I thought it would be a pretty easy push until I heard it was going to be like 1,500 pages long, and I'm going to say, somebody's not going to like something in what's written in 1,500 pages. Are you, are you running into any pushback? Uh, we're having uh, a lot of questions that are asked by it, and, and when you look at the size of that bill, uh, what we did was we 
have uh, uh, 15 diff- major departments, and so we're introducing 15 different bills that are more manageable. They're readable. Mm-hmm. And then after everybody gives feedback as to, well, this detail, this needs to be changed, this language needs to be adjusted, uh, we listen, we make the adjustments that are needed, then it will be compiled back into one final transformation bill. And so this is the work in progress, and I expect uh, early in February that the final bill that will be the, the large comprehensive bill will be filed. Uh, right now, there's uh, broad support for it. Everybody recognizes this is what needs to be done, but you know you've got uh, you, you've got to work through it. You know, I've met with the uh, bankers to want to make sure that they understood that the banking department is going to continue to be responsive uh, to them, and that they're going to have their independent regulatory authority, even though we'll have uh, uh, responsiveness from the employee to the secretary level. So as the understanding increases. Uh, they recognize uh, that this takes us in the right direction. So there's broad support for it. But I'd emphasize some of the innovative things that we're doing here. For example, creating the Department uh, of Shared Services and Transformation. We've never had that in Arkansas. We've never had a Department of the Inspector General that will help us to keep an eye on waste and abuse. Right now it's limited to the Medicaid program. This Inspector General's office will have broader authority over the agencies in terms of trying to identify waste and abuse or uh, irresponsibility. And so uh, there's some not just a reorganization to give me better management control, deliver services better, but there's some real innovative things that will lead to efficiencies over time. And you have people keeping a close eye on everything that's going on. That's that's the whole idea. Fewer moving parts, easier to follow. Uh, That'll drive the agenda of a conservative approach to government that will be in the trenches every day, uh, making sure that uh, the mandate of the legislature and, and my mandate is carried out. Uh, that's what I expect that leadership to do, and this will be a, a tighter group that will be able to accomplish that uh, whenever this transformation goes through. All right. We've touched on two of the T's. Let's touch on the other two after we come back from a break. So Dave Ellswick Show. We're on the third floor of the Capitol House side. The governor of the state of Arkansas is with us, Asa Hutchinson. He'll be with us to the bottom of the hour. Then Jr. takes over. We'll bring in the really important guy when we continue <laughs> here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you on the third floor of the state capitol, house side. Don't forget about PI Roofing Home Solutions. Uh, They've picked up Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services now. And if you've been a customer of Tommy's in the past, you can rest assured that PI Roofing's team will pick up the ball and carry it to the goal line for you. No problems whatsoever. Give you the highest quality gutter cleaning service that you can get. Plus, on top of that, you get all of the benefits of PI Roofing with their comprehensive roofing and home repair expertise that they have. Uh, take a look at what they're offering now. Just go to their website at piroofing.com. That's piroofing.com. The governor is with us to the bottom of the hour, about another 10 minutes. He's uh, taken time from his busy schedule to spend some time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We welcome him here to talk to you. You can watch us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, Governor, let's uh, talk about those last two T's. Where are we on the whole thing about teachers and education and pay and the increases that you're looking for? 
Well, of course, I've advocated for a $4,000 increase in the minimum teacher salary in Arkansas over the next four years. Uh, I've been very pleased that the uh, legislature has uh, been responsive to that. They're supportive of it. So I expect that to go through. It's, uh, it's included in our budget. We've already allocated the money. And for the first time in history, we actually allocated uh, money that can be set aside to help those small school districts that might struggle to raise that minimum salary for our teachers. And so I think it's uh, well constructed, but clearly uh, there's broad support uh, and with the right thing to do when you want to improve education, you've got to reward teachers. And this will help recruit good, good teachers into the profession. Uh, it'll help us uh, to be stronger in our region of states. It actually will put us at the highest uh, uh, minimum pay for our, our region. So uh, it's a good start. Another thing that uh, we're doing in terms of education is a school counselor bill that uh, came out of our school safety commission uh, that recommended our counselors need to spend more time in direct counseling with students versus just paperwork or administrative responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And so we're uh, going to be tightening that up through a piece of legislation as well that was introduced, I believe it was yesterday. All right. So that's moving forward the way you want it to. It is. It is. And I expect uh, that to pass. Right thing to do with the teachers and uh, always looking for more ways to support them. But uh, this uh, has been well received and is very important to uh, the teaching profession. And of course, when I talk about the minimum salary, uh, we recognize that uh, that will probably drive up the salary for those that are have been there longer mm -hmm. and the more experienced teacher. And so this is, you know, increasing the foundation for our teachers. And uh, this is obviously going to be uh, something that's a shared responsibility between the state and the school districts, but everybody's responding well to it, and it's the right thing to do. All right, so let's uh, talk about the last T, and it has become a can of worms, so to speak, and that is highways, transportation. Yeah, you, you had a, uh, a state representative already come out, file a bill, wants to add a tax on the wholesale level of fuel. Uh, I know that's a non-starter with you. You've said that from two years ago, I believe you said it. Uh, but yet they're, they're still talking about it. You know, is there any, I don't know, seem to be for the representatives a way they want to go? I mean, you've been trying to push them towards write something and give it to the people, see if they want to do it or they don't want to do it. Seems like that's the last thought on their mind sometimes. Well, uh, that is exactly what uh, I have uh, urged uh, the legislature to do. I think that's the, the right option. I think it's one that gives us a chance to make the case to the people and let them decide as to whether they want to have a new highway funding program, which, you know, be perfectly blunt about it, is going to be either an extension of a tax or uh, increasing the fuel tax to pay for uh, better highways and maintenance of our roads. Mm -hmm. And whenever it comes to that, uh, uh, you know, the, a good option is letting the people decide. Now, when it comes to the General Assembly, uh, there's a number of different ways <laughs> they like to approach it. And, uh, you know, one of them is, as you said, well, it's our responsibility. If we're going to raise the tax, let's just vote it up or down. Well, uh, that's easy for a handful to say, uh, but it's hard to get a majority vote to accomplish that. Is that a three-quarters? No, well? that would be uh, if you're talking about the excise tax, uh, 
uh, the fuel tax, it would just be a majority vote. Okay. If it's a change in the sales tax, I believe it would be a higher threshold. Uh, but you're going to have a hard time getting a majority vote uh, because it would be uh, asking the legislature to vote for a tax increase. And then the uh, other uh, view in the legislature is, well, let's just take it out of general revenue, mm-hmm. uh, which is such an easy solution because there's no pain. You don't, that means you're not raising taxes. That means you're not having to refer it to a vote of the people. That means you're just funding a new highway program. Uh, out of our budget for education, out of our budget for prisons and public safety, uh, out of the other responsibilities of the state. And there's just not money whenever you're uh, doing everything else in state government to take uh, two, $300 million out of general revenue and to put over into highways. And so I, I, I'm there right now just debating these. I think in the end, I hope they come back and and uh, either can have a reasonable uh, program that uh, we can refer to the voters, uh, but I'm also listening for ideas. If they think they can solve it in this session and they can get a majority, uh, I'll I'll be open to that. Uh, but we have to be very careful at this. And I know some people get a little frustrated, that, but we're very early in the session still, and so yeah, we're only time, three weeks in. Exactly, exactly, and you know we're progressing very well in our first three T's and uh, this uh, last one on the transportation our highways takes a little bit longer and that is going to be a tougher one but uh, you know once once you come together with a clear plan uh, then I think it'll be a lot easier for everyone to evaluate obviously but also a better chance for us to come together and pass it. A couple of things that I've been I've heard uh, we had uh, State Representative Doug House come by we talked about as uh, House says, talks about the non-sexy topic of pensions. And uh, he's put forth some legislation, one that has really gotten the attention of teachers and other government workers here in the state of uh, cutting out COLA uh, on some, some of the pensions. But if you look at the numbers that Doug House brings forth, something's got to be done because we're in arrears more than we're ahead. Uh, as far as pensions go? There has, I just looked at the state employees' uh, retirement fund, and there is a uh, unfunded uh, liability out there that you have to be concerned with. Uh, let me make it clear that we need to continue to have uh, cost of living adjustments for our uh, pensioners, our retirees. Uh, inflation goes up, and you have to have a cost of living adjustment on your uh, pension. Now, uh, the key is making sure that the cost of living adjustment accurately reflects what inflation increases. And uh, what we've done, the teachers uh, have adjusted their retirement system uh, to, to make sure it accurately re- reflects exactly what CPI, Consumer Price Index, increase is. But we haven't done that yet with the public employee's retirement system. And so we have, a, a my understanding, it's a very high uh, inflationary context that's that's higher than uh, what this what uh, the inflation actually increases. So we have to have a cost of living adjustment, but I think uh, there's a fair debate as to exactly what that is. Is that a debate not just on the cost of living, but about pensions in general that we need to look at that maybe closer than we have in the past? I think that's true. I mean, we have a big responsibility to. Uh, those that have uh, worked hard for our state, uh, teachers, uh, uh, firemen, police officers, 
We want to make sure that the retirement systems are uh, strong and that they're well-funded and that they will uh, cover them in their retirement years. Uh, so we have to, in order to accomplish that, we've got to measure it every year. And if it gets out of balance, we've got to make some adjustments to it. But we can make sure that they're all well-funded and still have a cost-of-living adjustment. We just have to do it all the right way and make sure that uh, we're taking the steps to protect those funds. Last question for you. Uh, a brand-new uh, state senator that has uh, come, come in, uh, State Senator uh, Johnson, uh, says that he wants to uh, put some teeth in the eth- ethics bills that are going through and that if you would commit a felony while an elected a- official that w- was done in the, the carrying out of your duties, that you would lose your pension uh, you would you'd walk away with nothing, basically, from the legislature. Your thoughts about that? Uh, I'm supportive of that. Uh, you know, I actually saw a draft bill, and I thought it was appropriately worded that, you know, it has to be a felony that's committed in relation to your official duties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's narrowly defined in terms of fraud or bribery, and obviously if those items are committed, those crimes are committed by a public official, then... There has to be a consequence in terms of their uh, benefits they receive while they're a public official. It was pointed out to me that, uh, you know, the ones that could really be hurt would be the spouses and the children. Uh, But uh, I also understand as a former federal prosecutor that that's always the case when crimes are committed. So we hate that, but I think this is a fair fair balance and a good bill. All right. We've got to let the governor go. We'll be back in a moment. Yeah, I'll let you know that one of the things that we'll be doing today in the 4 o'clock hour is Applied Research of Arkansas is going to stop by. And one of the big things they've got going on right now is clinical studies dealing with warts, believe it or not, and how to get rid of them. I mean, you don't have to go out and uh, get compound W anymore. They, they know that there's an easier way of doing it. And uh, they're working on new applications. So uh, if you'd be interested in getting and uh, being a participant, uh, you receive free study-related care, medication, as well as compensation for time and travel. Uh, just apply online. Go to arcarkansas.com, arcarkansas.com, or call them at 501-954-7822. That's 501-954-7822. And... Uh, at about 406, Applied Research of Arkansas will be here at the Capitol with me uh, talking uh, uh, to you about this particular study and others that they have going on. All right, the governor has made his way back down to his office, and with us now is J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman. He'll be with us until the top of the hour. Governor was ready today. Yeah. He was ready for bear. Yeah, he was. This is, uh, <laughs> we're what? two and a half weeks in almost three weeks i guess yeah. into the session and uh you know it's, it's he's dealing with a lot of stuff it's already. a lot of stuff the tax bill was i really think sort of just uh, a really good example of the way our office has uh worked closely with legislative leadership uh and uh, other members of the legislature to make sure we we strike the right balance and uh and yesterday was sort of an example of that um they've really you know the task Ta- uh, the tax task force spent a year and a half studying all these different proposals and things like that, and 
and they'll obviously have some other legislation filed uh, uh, in this session. But yesterday, I think, just, just being able to take a close look at it and say, this is what we support, this is what we can do. And the result was we can get down to 5.9% in two years versus four years. And that's huge uh, for the state. And really, as the governor talked about, uh, our uh, ability to compete for economic development projects among other states. Now, once we get to 5.9%, we'll be tied with Missouri, we'll be lower than Louisiana, we'll be in line with our surrounding states, but we'll also be below Georgia and South Carolina, two of our biggest competitors as far as global trade is concerned and bringing industries uh, back to the United States. So that's really, really big. And for those that say, you know, 59 is still too high, you've also got to consider this from a competitive standpoint, 5.9% coupled with Arkansas's quality of life, low cost of living, and low cost to do business, that becomes a huge factor uh, again. So you're dropping a whole percentage point, and then you take all those factors into consideration, and, and I think we're going to see a whole lot of fruit uh, when, when this is finally in place. And I think, honestly, once it's passed, you'll start seeing uh, different uh, companies and, and uh, industry take a look at Arkansas and say, we know... For consistency, we know what to expect in two years. We can start making those plans. So we're excited about it. For big industry, one of the big question marks is always they want to know about the cost of energy. We've always led in that department. Do we still lead in that department? I I don't want to say for certain. I just haven't looked at it lately. But I know you're right. We've always been very competitive there. Um, Also, property taxes. Uh, We have some of the lowest property taxes in the country. Uh, so when you factor all that in together, um, Arkansas really starts to look like a, a good place. I mean, not that it already isn't a good place to do business, but when you drop that down and you combine all that together, uh, it, it becomes sort of a no-brainer for a lot of those companies that are looking at the South um, to, to relocate or expand. And, and Arkansas, I mean, we've been doing really, really well in the last four years uh, of recruiting uh, industry to the state, expanding existing industries. Uh, the Arkansas Economic Development Foundation has worked uh, on more than 400 projects, specifically with AEDC, 17,000 jobs just from those projects alone, over $8 billion uh, with a B in investments into the state. Um, so that's just with AEDC. Overall, it's more than 80,000 uh, new jobs have been created uh, since 2015. So we're we're churning. We're doing well. This is only going to be. This is this is only going to enhance those efforts, uh, and and we are being com- we are consistently competitive in a lot of these opportunities with businesses that are looking at at some states. It's usually Arkansas and someone else. Arkansas mm-hmm. and someone else, and we think this will really help us uh, get over the top with with some of these. Uh, companies and industries that are looking to come to a place like Arkansas. I mean, we're centrally located. Obviously, you got I-40, 540. Uh, we need to finish 49. That's that's critical. Um, but but Arkansas is in a really good position uh, with the you know Mississippi to our uh, east uh, and the Arkansas River um, in the uh, uh, further to the to the west. So it's we we've got some really good things going for us here, and this is only going to enhance that. Okay, the, the governor went out to. Uh to Vegas, uh, to the SHOT Show. Mm-hmm. Did anything come out of that? I didn't get a chance to ask him. There's so many big topics to yeah, talk about. Yeah, No, he actually, uh, we talked about that the other day, and he said they had uh, they, they had a, probably the best trip they've had out there as far as just the, the meetings and the relationships that were built. Uh, and, and what you're seeing uh, for the SHOT Show, one of the uh, first calls the governor made on his first day in office, six CEOs, one of those was six-hour up in the Northeast. 
We know that story. We've talked about it. Sure. They now came down to Jacksonville. They've got more than 100 employees out there, and they continue to grow. Uh, Sig Sauer is now one of the biggest advocates uh, in that industry, telling folks, hey, if you haven't looked at Arkansas, you need to look at them. Am I correct that they actually said, uh, told the governor if, if he needed some people that speak good about the state, to have them call them? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, they, they have. That's just one of those things where once you get someone in, you know, it's, you want to make sure what you're telling them is correct and that they're happy where they are. And, mm-hmm. and Six Hours, one of those uh, companies that, that has, you know, I think it was better than they could imagine uh, as far as the, the business friendly atmosphere of our state uh, and what they've been able to do in Jacksonville. So when you have a company like Six Hour at, a, at the shot show telling folks that, hey, look, we made the decision and we couldn't be happier. Certainly, that resonates. But when you also have the governor of a state out there in Las Vegas going into these meetings with these CEOs saying, hey, we want you here. Uh, Arkansas is the perfect place for you to come and do business or expand or relocate. We want you here. We are we are welcoming uh, of you to our state. That sort of thing. That makes a big difference when you're basically speaking eye-to-eye, CEO-to-CEO, if you will. Right. So, uh, But anyway, he said it was uh, the best trip they've taken so far as far as those relationships go. And so we always that's sort of planting the seeds. Every time you go out there, any trade mission, it's relationships, it's talking about potential you know potential opportunities uh and and then you start you know uh, cultivating that relationship you know watering that seed and so i'm sure we'll see something come out of it in the in the next couple of years uh just like we expect every time we take a trade mission to wherever it is here in the united states or or abroad all right that sounds good uh so yesterday was the big presser there at the uh, the governor's uh i don't know what what's that called the press conference conference room room. That you all were at. I couldn't be there. I know that uh, uh, Paul Cal went down and, and listened to it. How much, how, how, um, what were the main questions that you were getting from the press? Well, did I they, think. Did they have a good handle on what was happening? Well, I, I, to, the, to the press's credit, I mean, this was, you know, when the governor, uh, during his state of the state, we had a different plan. Uh, it was the 245.9 plan, it was right. the simplifying of the, of the tax brackets. Um, and and uh, you know federal conformity and a lot of different things that were going to be included in this. But if you remember what the governor said, he he always said, "Look, I've always advocated on lowering the income tax rate. Correct. That's my goal." But the tax uh, task force came back and said, "Here are some more ideas. We'd like to do this." It looked good. It sounded good. We put it all together and we came up with a two four five point nine plan. Now there was a slight hiccup there in the middle with the conformity um, that uh, and because of the two four five point nine plan, there'd be some in the middle that would actually see. An increase in taxes, about two hundred thousand. So the governor's first plan was to just have a hold harmless provision where those individuals could stick with the same bracket they're in now, mm-hmm. uh, and if they move up and out or whatever, they can go to whichever bracket you know makes more sense for them. Uh, throughout that process, there were some other ideas as we were trying to tweak that and change it. There were some other thoughts that came up and. And as that conversation continued, uh, we settled on just a more simple plan uh, that'll get us down to the 5.9 first. And I think that's so critically important that we can lower the top marginal rate first, and then we can start the simplification. Uh, so what this piece of legislation basically did was uh, take the middle class uh, tax bracket and drop it from 6 to 5.9, and then it took the upper income tax bracket and restructured it into the 2, 4, 5.9 and 6.6. So it'll lower to 6.6 in the first year, 5.9 in the second year, and then 5.9 will be the the top rate of any bracket uh, moving forward. So 
Um, I think that was the right step. I think there's a lot of excitement about it because we can do it in two years instead of four. So kudos to um, the governor, obviously uh, legislative leadership and DFNA for crunching those numbers to get us where we felt comfortable and also doing it for half the cost, uh, which is, you know, really tax taxing base all the way up from from dollar one in the in the upper income. Oh, in the yeah, upper yes, income. Yeah. right. Otherwise, it would have had a tendency to at at some point make them pay a little more taxes than they were before. No, and that's a good point from Paul. I mean, if you look at the the reason we have to do a three quarters vote, and the reason it's half the cost of what it originally was, is because when you look at the upper income bracket, everything was adjusted. You know, where some of them were paying point zero or zero point nine percent. On the first the three, first four thousand dollars. Well, we moved that to two percent, right. and then we moved the next up to four mm-hmm. percent, and then capped it at the five point nine. Right. And so, that, so because of that, you you obviously have to get three quarters vote. But what it did was allow the state to to recapture at a lower level. Mm-hmm. But once you get up to that five point nine, you wouldn't be in that bracket unless you make eighty thousand five hundred, right, right, right. and you get all that back on the on the top. Right. So it helped the state be right. able to cut that in half, which mm-hmm. is a really really good approach, and really and truly when you have um, some legislators out there, different groups that are saying that we could use this money in a different way. We're 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 basically paying to cut taxes for the rich. That, that's that has never been the focus. You know, the focus is not let's let's cut taxes for the rich. The focus has been let's get it down to a reasonable rate that we can compete with everybody else. Because the governor keeps giving that example over and over again, very real example that. When he talked to the CEO, again, it was Arkansas and another state, and they said, look, we crunched the numbers. We love Arkansas. It looks great, but it doesn't make sense for us to bring our employees or hire others. Uh, it's going to cost us more. And so that that's a very real example, and that's something that we are trying to prevent in the future. And so that was the whole focus of this, just get that top margin yeah, rate was, down. I was just kind of it is kind of a creative way of, of yeah. pulling it off. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that um, – you know, you, you get a lot of clamoring from legislators, and, and you know, rightfully so, when there's not a bill to look at. So you had a lot of questions and wondered, you know, if they could support it and whatever. And, and but as soon as they saw it and they knew what it was, uh, we've had you know a tremendous amount of support. So I think we'll definitely reach the three-fourths threshold in both chambers, uh, and all Arkansans will will benefit uh, from a tax cut under those three tax plans in the last four years, and that's pretty impressive. All right, let's get a break in, final break for this hour, and then uh, we'll spend a few more moments talking to J.R. Davis. He's the governor's spokesman. Our thanks to the governor for coming by for a half hour today as well. Back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Learn the little-known strategies that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. You'll want to get in touch with David Lucas of the David Lucas uh, Show. He's with David Lucas Financial. You hear his show every Saturday at 10 and uh, 3 o'clock right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. David's a published author. He's right here in Little Rock and can help you out with this. It's a free analysis that reveals the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes on IRAs, 401Ks, Social Security benefits, and more. So to get your free analysis, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. It's your opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement. The number again, 501-653-6690. All right, let's get back, talk a little bit further with uh, JR. 
Uh, J.R. Davis is the governor's spokesman. He joins us each Thursday. We're on the third floor today of the state capitol house side. And, uh, J.R., let's let's finish up here. We've had about two and a half weeks, almost three. Is the governor happy with the way things are going right now? Yeah, I, I think uh, you'd have to be. Uh, all, obviously, the four T's uh, of his agenda uh, all have been filed, except for obviously highways. We're still working with the legislature on that. But transformation, I believe, thirteen of the fifteen bills have been filed. Uh, once those are filed, and and they're, uh, uh, you know, the conversations have had been, have had um, taken place uh, in the committees. We'll withdraw that, uh, and they'll file a comprehensive bill. It'll be easier to follow through. The committees, so that's on track. Teacher pays on track. Uh, the counselor bill. Um, uh, for mental health is on track. Taxes launched yesterday, getting good feedback on that. So, so far, so good. But, but obviously, Dave, you've done this for a long time. You know, with three months uh, in a general well, session, there are a things, lot of snakes still out there. Yeah, I'm yeah, just things, you. Uh, uh, things can take a turn. But we're in a good position now, and I think that's credit to the work the governor's put into this and and, and getting. Uh, those bills, for the most part, out there in advance, so people can take a look at them. Uh, and again, just the cooperation and uh, and constant uh, line of communication with the legislature with the tax cut uh, has been really helpful as well. So we're in a good spot, um, but we know the work's not done yet, and we'll continue to push forward on it. Well, it sounded like well, during the time that we had with the governor today is that uh, he feels like you all are in a good spot. Absolutely. Uh, he didn't want to get too deep into highways because I don't think he knows exactly what's facing him as far as highways are concerned. Well, you know, he's always, uh, we've talked about this, um, um, you know, ad nauseum on your show about where what his preferences are, and that is a referred act to the people of Arkansas. Well, he's been that, pretty clear about yeah, that. Yeah, that I think that, you know, we don't want to use general revenue because when, when, when it's basically trying to solve a problem by creating another problem, if you pull $300 million, $400 million out of general revenue, you start hurting education immediately, public safety, prisons, our ability to cut taxes, all that sort of stuff. So uh, when you look at um, a long-term highway plan, whether it's to um, you know continue that half-cent sales tax in perpetuity where it's more of a pay-as-you-go model versus a bonding initiative to pay for something, that's helpful. Uh, there's some other ideas that are being floated out there that might be combined into uh, that referred act, but but again, you know, I know the governor wants to give latitude to the legislature if they feel like they can reach a consensus um, on a particular piece of legislation or plan. Uh, he obviously wants them to be able to do that, um, but but his preference has been clear for a long time, and, and I I feel as though that's more than likely the route we'll we'll end up going. So, um, but but again, uh, we we want to work with the legislature and make sure we find the right balance. Uh, and and I think at the end of the day, just as the governor believes, uh, the people of Arkansas should should get a voice in the matter. I know they re- they elect folks that come down here; they're supposed to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about a substantive, long term highway plan, I think it's important for the people to be able to vote up or down on it and make the decision. And I think historically, we've seen that that the people of Arkansas support. Um, support highways. So did you see the uh, article in today's paper about the I-30 exchange, the river bridge and everything, and they finally said, yeah, it's going to cost a lot more than we thought, so we'll only do this much first, and then we'll do a piecemeal from there on? Yeah, and I, you know, look, uh, the highway department is an independent uh, group. Uh, This is, I know there's probably... There's always been questions, I think, you know, as far as what, what exactly is the cost going to be and 
where do where does the money go and and I think those are conversations that have to have to be had uh, I think especially when you're looking at a number I believe somewhere around 478 million dollars they're a saying lot of they money. need well, let's take a look at that, and let's see. You know, I, I think the governor said all along that, you know, I don't think we're going to get to four hundred and seventy-eight million dollars. Um, but I think the the big point from the governor is consistency, and I think there are groups out there that just want to see a consistent revenue stream for highways, and that we know that's what's coming versus sort of you know bonding uh, projects as we go. Uh, I think that's a healthier way to do it. So, again, there's a lot of debate to be had. Uh, there's a lot of opinions out there uh, from the executive branch, the legislative branch, uh, and we're just going to have to, uh, you know, uh, work our way through those, and, and then eventually we'll, we'll get to a plan that I think the people of Arkansas will will support. But, but there's a lot of work to be done there. All right, so uh, we're out of time. I appreciate you coming by. We'll see you again next Thursday. It's a lot and, uh, easier when he's here. I can just sit over here and nod. <laughs> well, it's, it's great. It'd be a lot. E- it's a lot easier when there's none of the politicians around either. It is very, very quiet. <laughs> They're all gone. Yeah, I told you. I got I got up here at about uh, twelve thirty, and I ran into them all hurrying out as fast as they could from the house door. So they, yeah. they said, we're going home. Okay, well, see you next week. I tell you, we've signed a lot of appropriation bills, and I think next week is when you're going to start seeing the. Uh, uh, the substantive pieces of legislation that the people going are through. really interested in. Yeah, the ones that you know that that's where I think next week will be a busy week, and I think that's sort of you know from here on out, it's a hundred miles an hour until um, until uh, adjournment. So yeah, you're only at eighty. You get to hundred <laughs> yeah. about three weeks from the end of the that, session. That's that's also true. Yeah, yeah, but it'll <laughs> pick up crazy. quite a bit next week for sure. All right, thanks a lot, Jr. Well, we'll you, see ben. you again thanks, next Paul. week. So Dave Ellswick's show, we're going to take a break, and uh, then we'll come back. We've got some. Uh, is it high school? High um, school students? Well, some of them are out of high school. They're all homeschool kids. We got Ute, we got Ute people yeah. coming on here. Yeah. All right, so they're going to the come cool on and kids. tell you about, they, they're like me. There's very few taxes that they can say that they like. <laughs> so we'll talk to them about that, well, and then cuts. we're going to talk to the people from UCA. They'll be coming by from, uh, what is it, their group? Um Acre. Yeah, Acre. I wanted to say Axer, and I knew that wasn't right. Acre. So all that's coming your way. We'll be back with you here on uh, our Facebook Live broadcast and on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let's get uh, into the three o'clock hour. We've got some special guests this hour from up in the uh, the Fayetteville area. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, give us so, your go. Don't be don't be shy. Now it's the time not to be shy. The microphone will not bite you. You're going to see if I can remember all their names now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try. Let me try. Okay. First. Go ahead. Okay. Eli, is that correct? Yeah. Elijah. <laughs> Elijah. Okay, Elijah. I'm sorry. You're you're. Carrying your cape with you, snapping yeah. it over yeah. the water. Okay, <laughs> and uh, Anastasia, yeah. Stephen. Yes. Wow, I remembered him. Yeah, yeah. I put it together with little guy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and the little guy, Stephen, got him. Um, okay, now I got to think here because faith is on the end. Was Stephen a little guy? Yeah, he's small. He's small. <laughs> I thought it was Zacchaeus. And then I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking across and. 
I've gone blank. Esther. Esther. <laughs> Gosh, it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. And I, I will not forget your name now. That's the only book in the Bible that doesn't mention the name of God. That's, That's correct. That is true. That's right. It's not in there. Just a Referred to. Everyday struggle. Yeah, yeah, it's a, the, God's people, but, the, but the, the name of God is not mentioned in any oh. place. That's kind of an yep. okay. interesting factoid. Speak up. You know to speak so, so up. interesting factoid there. Okay. <laughs> and then we have faith on the end. Yes, I already said. I said faith is at the end. Oh, okay. You are. Well, faith is the are, beginning of all things. Blank. Yeah, I was just blank there. But I, I, now I won't forget Esther <laughs> or Easter. Esther. Just so people get Esther. into some of that. All right, anyway, let's uh, let's talk to them about why they are here. First of all, they got here and, and got to get a little feel of how watching bills get passed is mm-hmm. like watching them make sausage. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, then, uh, it, all the pepper and salt added, you know, just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the guts and the stuff that you don't want to eat is in it, too. So what did y'all so, think know. about the bill y'all got to see in the, in the committee that we watched? Well, it was... Uh, you know, just interesting watching it all, all the, the process go through it, everything, uh, different people giving their opinions uh, about stuff. You know, nice to see that free speech, you know, still happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that still is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there should be, as we've been talking about it on the air, because I'm working real closely with a piece of legislation to protect your ability to have free speech in the state of Arkansas. But uh, a free speech zone... In the United States, goes from the East Coast to the West Coast, <laughs> from the northern border all the way to the southern border. It should be the free speech zone. Because there's this thing called the First Amendment that exactly. uh, gives us all free because speech. Somebody, somebody let the courts know about that because they, yeah. they may not realize that. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't think so, especially like colleges and campuses. And, that, and that's what the bill is about. Wow, it's You and I are speaking the same language, brother. <laughs> yep. Elijah Southern and I are doing our thing. Yeah, I was talking to Josh Silverstein. I think is maybe going to speak on behalf of that too, if if, if possible. Well, good. He's been he's been supportive of that. I think. Uh, Robert Steinbach said that right. uh, he'll probably stop by today and bring us up on okay. some new stuff. Robert, just remember now, five o'clock is a repeat of the governor. So he's got to be by. So you got to be here by then. Yeah, so okay, anyway, so I think we've got some, we've got some support for that going on, and so I I, I think Josh Silverstein might actually. Um, may even come by and testify on it. I think it's maybe going to run next week. Okay, good. Cool. I'm all about it. Maybe that's what Robert wants to talk to us yeah, about. I don't know. So. All right, so as as you guys have been doing, is, it, has anything been different than what you expected? Or has it, is this your first time to get up close yes. and personal yes, to yes, this? Yeah. Okay, do you feel dirty yet? <laughs> <laughs> dirty? You mean there's a way to feel cleaner? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really. I think it was definitely kind of a lot busier. Uh, than we expected. You kind of just expect the important bills, and maybe they talk about one all day, and it was like boom, 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 and it was uh, mm-hmm. pretty crazy to see how fast of a pace things went and how many issues come up that we don't even think about as just, you know, everyday citizens. What uh, what com- committee were you guys sitting in? Do you know? The local county affairs. Oh, that's good because they, local they, expect, they expand that they're purview i mean they yeah, get, i think they do I think, guns now. i think that committee is going to be hearing guns on the senate end now yeah and um so we heard a bill from um bart hester that was going to make it so cities can't um impose so many regulations on aesthetic properties of buildings so so basically they can't tell people what kind of siding they can put on their house and so basically it's it's a it, it's a bill to kind of prevent the cities from driving poor people out as much mm-hmm. and so some some city regulations might say that oh you can only have brick 
on your house in this certain okay. area. Now, it, does it still allow covenants? In yes. Subdivisions? Yeah. So it doesn't. It doesn't affect that because that's a private um, regulation, if you will. It just affects the cities being able to come along and say, you know what, you can't. You can't build a house with 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 siding with vinyl siding. You got to put brick on it, and so it might actually block someone from being able to buy a home or build a home. Okay, and yeah, we know that they try to do things like that. I don't get it, but they try doing it. But yeah, it's specifically I think excluded. Okay, the, um, so you all came down to get some firsthand experience with how the mm-hmm. you know the 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 wheels of government grind everything to a pulp. Okay, and you know do they do their work here. The reason you're doing that is that is that to help you get a better understanding of what's happening in your local area because there's a there's evidently a tax that you guys are not real happy about. Is that right? Yes, yes. sir. Correct. Okay, so who wants to explain the tax? We had Elijah already talk, so I'm going to say Esther, so it's, I couldn't remember your name all that well. <laughs> you go ahead and explain what it is that you uh, and your group here are concerned about. Okay, so there's a proposed uh, one eighth cent uh, sales tax increase in Benton County to build a thirty million dollar courthouse um, in our downtown square in Bentonville, and we feel like it is unnecessary, and we feel like there are cheaper plans that we would like to be evaluated that have kind of been tossed off to the side. Um, so we just want to see Benton County citizens keep more of their money. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so and that's so, pretty much it. What a so, thought. So yeah. talk about the, the fact that the one that y'all are more interested in, in the proposal is about half the cost. Yes. And it also um, is closer to the jail, so mm-hmm. it would be more convenient for that. Is, yeah. And so, so so tell us a little bit more about that. How, who actually kind of drew that up, and how did that come about? Yeah, so uh, the Libertarian Party of Benton County drew up the alternate plans okay. and um, presented them, I think, to the quorum court, and they were kind of tossed aside pretty quickly yes, very quickly um, and uh, yeah if you didn't hear that in the background very quickly <laughs> yes. um, we uh, so originally the actually originally the quorum court wanted to build uh, a courthouse out near our jail which is kind of out farther away from the downtown traffic uh, which would be a lot better just all around and much more ideal for transporting those inmates um, but the Walton Foundation gave five million dollars to move that back down to the downtown square um, so that's not what the people want that's what Walmart wants so okay yeah <laughs> so, so it's gonna cost that that happens a lot here at yes. the state level as well so, so you can get you can get some free money but it's gonna cost you ten million dollars mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the money, but you got to sell your soul to get it. Mm-hmm. It's just a small soul. That's the way it typically, that's <laughs> way it typically goes. Well, maybe 35, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, it keeps growing. So how did you all now? You all are homeschooled, right? Yes, sir. Okay. That gives me hope. Yeah. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is that, you, you know, you all grabbed this and made it your own. And you've been doing, like, uh, Facebook uh, ads and things of that nature. Are you getting any kind of traction on it, on on this, Anastasia? Why don't you mm. belly up to the bar? <laughs> yes, you are. Okay, on both sides. It's been nice to see. You know, when you make a stand for anything, there's people that are going to come out against you, and then people that are going to come out for you. And 
it's interesting to see, see that. <laughs> okay. All right. So you, you've, you've had the yays and you've said the nays. Have, uh, have the nays been nice to you? or mm. Oh, they're just a bunch of kids <laughs> wet behind the ears. They don't know what they're yeah, talking so about. Yeah, so actually, down to some of those words, um, we've had some people mm-hmm. say, especially we have a whole team that's working together. It's not just us. We have some awesome people we're working with uh, back in Benton County. How many? How many people? Oh, I'd say maybe ten. Good. I mean, uh, I suppose more. The ones who are actively, actively working, you know. um, But we we had made the video, and there were some people who were saying we're very naive and we're being used uh, (laughs) because of our youth, and we didn't know what we were talking about. But I mean, that's okay, you know. (laughs) And the other side would have said, "Well, they're millennials. What do they know anyway?" (laughs) I'm just saying. It's uh, yet if you come up and you take a stand. Know that somebody is going to target yes. you. So, so what is the main difference between? I, I'm assuming the the status quo people want to build a courthouse that's all nice and makes makes the judges and the government officials think they're important. Mm-hmm. So, so the difference is basically I mean more a more modest structure. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. that's that's one of the problems I think in a building like this. This is kind of cool, but you know I, I think it's going to have a tendency. This structure, where we have all this fake marble or whatever it is, it's not fake. It's not fake. It's uh, <laughs> but but it's. I think it has a tendency to, to make government officials think they're more important than what they are because the reality is they're supposed to be our servants, not our masters. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we put them in structures like this, I think they have a tendency to start believing that they are indeed our masters and they act that way. Yeah. Yeah, but they remember they call it the people's house. Yeah, that's what they forget, and that's why they search us and treat us like like criminals when we come in here. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about that today. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so, Stephen, how did you get involved in all of this? Move that mic over by you. You want me to lower it for you? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I am, my whole life, I've just been interested in politics and the way things work. And Esther, she's my sister, and she's got a part of this uh, group. Wait, and wait, wait. Esther, do you claim him as your brother? Oh. Do you claim? I'm sorry, I looked over uh, wrong person. So, Esther, do you claim him as, as your brother? Uh, when he's being good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So I'm, I'm like, sorry. oh, so when she came back and she told she told all of us about my family about this new group she's part of, I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. So I decided to join, and I've had a great time. All right. So I should, I should add to go that ahead. our family has always been very political. Oh, yeah. Extremely. Um, so, I mean, Start I've been a- involved Start in political young. activism for a very long time before we had joined this group. So Stephen kind of was just born into it. We all think that he would be an awesome politician. Okay, let me let me take the mic, turn it past you, Esther. <laughs> and she thought she was going to get away without having to talk. So with that in mind, how old are you? I'm 17. You're 17. And Esther, you're? I'm 21. You're 21. I was going to say, you didn't look like you were in high school. <laughs> All right. Or you wouldn't have been in high school anyway. You're homeschooled. How old are you? I'm 15. You're 15. Okay. And Anastasia? I'm 20. You're 20. And then Elijah. 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 Okay. She's the Jah, not the Jah. Okay, I've reached the level of 22. Very well. That, that's cool because this group takes up from, if you went by high school to college, probably from like sophomore, freshman, all the way up to junior in college. Then. That's, that's pretty cool. So, what, do you, Elijah, now you're 22, you say? Yes. Okay. So, you're working somewhere probably, right? Yes. All right. So, how did you end up with this group? Well, I hate 
money taken out of my pocket from the government. <laughs> that normally happens when people get their jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you start working and then you find out that a big portion of it goes to the federal government and then another portion goes to the state government and there's stuff for local government and then you get even a local local government. even local local government <laughs> you you uh, you get a vehicle and then you're stuck paying a property tax on that vehicle and for a school that you never went to that you never intend to use intend to use <laughs> yep. uh, or your children never intend to use so it's a uh, uh, just don't like the taxes and don't like the extra government regulations so definitely wanted to have a personal part in having a say in that. Okay, so everybody here homeschooled, correct? Yes. Okay, so here's my question. When you were taught economics, did they spend a lot of time talking to you about the the positivity of capitalism? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay, yes. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> See, when I was in yes. school, you know, this is a long time ago, people had cars, square wheels, and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, we were taught this is capitalism. Mm. This is socialism. And communism, well, we all know where that leads. Mm. Now it's capitalism, socialism, mm. and communism has gained credibility tra- again. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and you haven't run into that because you're homeschooled which I think is, uh, I'm, that makes me excited. Uh, it, well, it does, because, you know, I mean, we're looking, public education gave us Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. And think about how <laughs> right. stupid she sounds. I mean, all you got to do is listen to the woman, and, she, and she's got an economics degree from Boston University. It's very, very scary. It's scary. Yes. I mean, and she's the kind of socialist that says to you, well, the only reason it didn't work in Venezuela is they didn't do it right. They didn't do enough of it, right? You know, and they well, did they do it right in in Russia or over in France or in England or any place that they've uh, of hundreds of places that they've tried this over the years, and then they always want to downplay and castigate this, this idea, capitalism. This idea of democratic socialism is basically well, we don't think the people are smart enough to run their own lives. So what we're going to do is we're going to have them vote on a system to run everybody's lives. I mean, well, sure, this is moronic. Uh, no, not to them. <laughs> well. Because they're the ones that are going to be running it. That's what people never understand. Well, yeah. The people that are selling you yeah, the bill of goods are the ones that get to keep the money. Yeah, but just dupe all the other people that That's uh, correct. To vote for you and support your your problems and your you know, just destroying government while saying now, it's the before best. you all leave, you see the gentleman sitting on the bench in back of you? Mm-hmm. I yes. want you to stop him and talk to him. Before you leave, his name is uh, Jeremy. He's a doctor. He's over at Acre at UCA, and he'll he'll tell you about about uh, the things that you're fighting against. And uh, he's he's one of my heroes that I bring on here uh, to the show, so he can explain to the average person economics, because it's not an easy thing to to get a hold of. There's a lot of moving parts to it. But let me just say. The good moving parts all have capitalism, not corporatism. Corporatism was Walmart or the Walmart Foundation or whoever it is giving the money, yeah, (laughs) giving the money to buy land or whatever so that they can move or get the the town to go along with their ideas. That's corporatism. Yes. All right. That's not 
capitalism, nor is it free market. No, we, we, we've got a serious problem in this country of being confused about what free markets are. We, we have people say, oh, I believe in free markets or free trades. Like, okay, let's explain that. And, and, yeah. and no, they don't. They really don't. They, they really believe in some sort of a managed trade system where where well, you know we can't really trust the free market, so we're going to give this guy over here. I can't trust you. <laughs> well, I, can, I might not trust me either, but but it, but I'd rather fail on my own. But um, and so so then we just want to make sure that people can't hurt themselves, and so yeah. we don't we don't we try to pr- try to prevent failure in so many ways, and we actually um, legislate failure instead. You know what? If you fall down and you scrape your knee. I learned from it. You might find out that you should wear a knee pad. I might, or maybe you know I should. May, or maybe I should watch where I put my feet. You know, pain is a great, a great pain teacher. is a great educator. It really it's, it's a blessing from God. So we shouldn't have the government come in and tell us that we, you know, we need to put up handrails, you know, and uh, <laughs> and put up soft sidewalks and like cotton sidewalks that way you don't scrape your knees. Felt, yeah, felt sidewalks. Felt, felt sidewalks. <laughs> don't give them ideas. Yeah. yeah, that's what I always say. Hey, oh, give them ideas. Haven't you ever seen the rubber rubber tracks at, at some of these universities? Oh yeah, the running tracks. They're rubber. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're made yeah. of shri- uh, shredded tires. <laughs> I don't have much. I don't have a no, problem not, with that. But I have a problem is if they're using my tax money <laughs> to pay for oh, yeah, a running track. Yeah, they right. would buy new tires. Like they would, you know, <laughs> yeah. buy new tires and then shred them so that way they're All recycled. Right. Or something. Yes. I'm being told that I got to take a break. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll finish up with these young people, and uh, they can give us a, a feel for do they think that they're getting traction amongst the voters. We'll do that when we return here at State Capitol, third floor, house side, Dave Ellswick show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Here with our guests, and these are young people. And I mean, we've got college-age people here, and we've got, you know, freshman high school-aged people here, and they're all on a mission. How, how's it going with the, the, the Facebook? Well, we've we've talked to a lot of people at the, the Facebook got uh, – most of it was actually great reception. People uh, that never even heard about this, which which comes down to another th- reason why we're completely against this. It was a special election, so it's kind of oh, hidden. Oh, now you've said my yeah. special word. It's it's, yes. it's kind of hidden from the voters, and yeah, so yeah, these uh, take me off. They uh, they really make us mad, and uh, so that's where the right uh, so it got a great reception because people never never heard about it, like they didn't know about it, and we've talked to you know dozens of people on the phone. Mm-hmm. That they're like, what? They're trying to pass another tax? Like, I don't want another tax. I thought we just got some taxes cut, and you know, we don't we don't want another tax. You know, no matter the, no matter the size of the the tax, it's still it's still a new tax. And then also, the voters don't really get to decide whether it passes or not because it's, it's not going out. It's a secret. Yeah, and so yeah, that kind of happens. And yeah. so and so they don't even have a lot of times they don't even have all the. Um, Regular polling places okay. open, I assume, as well. Let them, let them talk. So, the people that you're reaching out on on Facebook that don't know about this are they sharing your message with other people? Mm-hmm. Because see, that's what the other side is hoping for is that they get their people out, and that'll be enough to pass it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we've that, we've gotten real, a lot of positive reception on Facebook. Um, just sharing and sharing. I don't. I don't even know what the numbers have gotten to at this point, but. All right, so yeah. Lester, let me stop you. If somebody wants to know more about this, yes, where do they go? Um, that is a very good question. Uh, so far, it's just been shared on my personal um, Facebook. We we do have a page, though. Do we remember what? Yes, that page is yes. Called? There's the uh, uh, the address. 
uh, it's a Benton County fix this. Fix this first. Fix this first. Yeah. Uh, so we've okay. kind of started a whole campaign about uh, if you see something, you know, a road that needs repairing, something like that, um, you All post right. a picture of it and say fix this first. Here's the news. So. All right, back with you here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. Glad to have you along with us. Jeremy Hopenthal is with us from UCA and uh, Acre. And we had the governor on last hour. Uh, Spent a half hour talking to him. And about 20 minutes of it we spent on uh, the tax plan. Uh, You've had time to look at it. Although he said that they had to make some changes kind of on the the move. Uh, From what you've seen... What do you think? I think the changes they've made have made this a pretty straightforward bill. Uh, it's it's lowering the top income tax rate, which about 14% of our Kansans pay that, including many small businesses. Um, they're lowering that. They're not making any changes to standard deduction. They were talking about doing that. There's nothing in there about internet sales tax. It's just a pretty short bill. It's pretty straightforward. We're going to lower the top income tax rate to be more competitive with our neighboring states, and it's going to cost around $100 million to do that, which among all the, the income tax bills they've considered, it's it's the, it's the then the cheapest price to get that top rate down significantly. So uh, I think that's a good goal to, to move towards, towards lowering that top rate, and I think this bill definitely does that, and it does it in a way that they've already budgeted for. Mm-hmm. So it, it, to me, it seems like you know, they've changed these bills a lot from the task force, and even since it ended, they've modified them. But uh, I think they've got a good, simple bill that just does this one thing, which was a big priority of the task force. And they did it instead of four years. They're doing it in two they years. They did it in two years because it's, it's, it's cheaper overall, so they can do it that much more quickly. So the top rate is 6.9%. It'll go down to uh, 6.6% uh, next year in 2020. And then by 2021, it'll be down to... Okay, so you get down to 5.9, the governor talks about makes it lower than Louisiana. I think it makes us equal with another. Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. And how important is that to Arkansas? I think overall that the top income tax rate is important. Uh, Like I said, it's not just high income individuals. It's it's any small business that doesn't pay the corporate income tax, they pay this tax. That's about two-thirds of businesses in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think overall is important. I mean, just, you know, the difference between being 6.9 and 5.9, is that in itself going to make a huge difference for businesses locating here or, or businesses starting up? Probably not, but I think it's a good step to get it moving lower. Uh, I think getting it to 5%, then you're going to be in line with uh, Mississippi and Oklahoma, get it below that, then you're starting to get closer to the zeros, Tennessee and Texas. So I think this is, I think it's a good first step. I think it's, it's an important change. It also just, you know, that the at the press conference yesterday, you know, the governor pointed to this big map, map the tax foundation produced, and we have in our in our book. Good for you. So we're, we're, we're glad that was there. But he says, look, you can see Arkansas stands out, right? It's, it's a darker shade of green on that right. particular map. And I was mentioning it to yeah. to him today because yeah. that's the picture on the front of the paper today. It's yes, yeah, yeah, the very top of the paper day. That yeah. you know, that was that sticks out. And you know, in, at the end of the day, for any particular business, it's six point nine. It's five point nine. Does that really matter? But if you say, well, we're going to move somewhere in this region, and you look at that map and you see Arkansas is the highest, say, okay, skip them. Let's look at some of the other ones, right? So just not being the you know the the sore thumb that's sticking out. I think that's 
that important. that in itself is important, and it's so, and it's and it's a signal that you know that's that's what we want to do to be more competitive. A lot of times over the past few years, to be more competitive, we said, well, we'll give a special tax break to this company to come here. Yeah, I think that's generally not the right way to do it. I think having a overall system where you have low rates and you have a favorable environment for businesses is good, and then you don't have to do as much of that picking of winners and losers if you have a good system overall. But the fact that we had such a high rate, or we still do, I mean, it hasn't passed yet. The fact that we still do means that they, for economic development, they feel the need to do those those uh, targeted uh, tax breaks. Yeah, it drives me crazy that states within the United States of America find themselves in competition of how much can they cut here and cut there to make a company come to their state and then maybe it, the company's there for a few years and somebody else offers them a sweetheart deal and they're picking up pegs right. and leaving it. Where if you gave them something they knew was going to be the same, was going to be competitive all the time, those companies might stay here no matter right. what. Yeah, I mean, every state does this a little bit. Some yep. states do it a lot. Uh, Kansas and Missouri, because they have the Kansas City metro area sitting right on their border, for years they have they have each... You know, they pay companies to move across, just move across the state line. And companies will move back and forth depending on which deal is best. Um, the two states have been trying to work out an agreement where they're going to have a ceasefire. And they say, for these bordering counties, we're just not going to do that. That makes sense. That's and right. they haven't agreed to it yet, but, but they've been trying to do that. And I think, you know, that's the kind of thing that states know we're giving up, we're giving up the bank here to get these companies to come. And they'd rather not do it. They feel like they have to. But I think if you have a state like New Hampshire, which has very low taxes across the board, uh, their pitch to Amazon to get them to move there, they said, we're not going to offer you anything special because we don't have any taxes. So just come here. We just have a low tax environment. Now, they didn't pick New Hampshire. No. But, you know, if, if you are, uh, but many other businesses do. Uh, so if you have that kind of low tax environment already, you don't have to, you don't have to offer these incentives to come. Right. So I, 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 I just always found this interesting because we saw it happen in Ohio with car uh, manufacturing. I think it was GM went in and built this huge monolithic uh, business. They hired about one-third of the people they said they were going to hire. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time for them to you know, show up and prove they had met all the requirements, they left. Yeah, and that happens a lot. Another state. I mean, just just this week, uh, Wisconsin has given out a lot of incentives, including some to try to attract Arkansas companies or, or to uh, try to get uh, Kimberly Clark and Conway yeah. was looking at closing a plant. And the competition was with Wisconsin, and Wisconsin offered them this huge deal. Wisconsin offered this huge deal to Foxconn, this uh, Chinese manufacturer, to come and make various things, TVs and things in Wisconsin. A mm-hmm. huge deal. I mean, billions of dollars, bigger than any other state ever done. Uh, for a foreign company, and um, just this week they said, no, we're actually not going to do it." Oh, they said, really? They said, "Oh, certain parts." I mean, Foxconn has gotten all kinds of deals from Wisconsin, but this one okay. big one, they said, "We're not going to produce." I forget what it was. Plasma TVs that we said we're going to produce there. We're not going to. We're not going to create these particular jobs that we said. Um, now, in that case, okay, they don't do it. I guess you're not out the money. But you know, this is this is what happens. Like they, they find a better deal, business conditions change. And they go somewhere else, and I think that you, you see a lot. You see a lot of that happening. I think in Arkansas, we have a lot of companies that have job targets they're supposed to meet when they get these incentives. Yes. They don't. They don't meet them. Well, they just renegotiate the deal. 
they're supposed to give some of it back, but often it's just renegotiated. And I think that that's, that's just, I understand that policymakers feel the need to do that because we have such a high tax environment, at least in our region. But um, the lower you can get that rate, the less we have to do those things. Yeah, I, we've had this discussion before because when you go and try to follow up to find out if in a particular deal the, the company followed through with what they were supposed to, if they struck another deal with them, it's like they just kind of wipe out what the previous deal was and you never know exactly if the state ever got what they were supposed to get. Right. We have tried to, not myself, but my colleague, Jacob Bundrick, who you've had on, he researches this a lot, and he says it's just really hard to get good data. I mean, the, the state... That, put, that the, should make everybody nervous. Yeah, that, that it's just really hard to. And uh, in the past, representatives have tried to run bills to get more information, and the development authorities always say, well, we'll... we'll don't pass that bill. We'll just we'll do it voluntarily, and then yeah. the data just never comes out. And so uh, we try to study it and give some numbers. But a lot of the numbers, I mean, they say it's proprietary. These are private companies. But when you're getting state money, I think you're, yeah. you, you need to give up some of that. I mean, we don't need to know everyone's social security number, but you know how much were you getting? What were the terms of the deal? Was it met? If it wasn't, what happened? This kind of basic information. You know, what what are the wages that were paid? Um, you know, median wages. That, like, can we use our FOIA here in the state to get that information? We, not for this type of thing. No. Oh, okay. Um, uh, there, I mean, there, there are a lot of researchers that do try to do that. Um, yeah. In other states, I know there's a guy I know, Nathan Jensen in Texas, that tries to do that a lot. But a lot of times, you know, I mean, you try to FOIA Apple, and yeah. they, 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 they lawyer up and they say, they no. Don't bite. I mean, we're a private company. You can't get our data, yeah. right? We're not the government. And but the agree and the agreements with the private company, uh, sometimes FOIA will work in this area. But uh, you know, that's for like one case, right? To get the whole systematic data so we can make good comparisons over time, it's just, that data is just not available, and uh, um, that that makes it challenging to research yeah, for I an bet. economist. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, Jeremy's going to be with us for another segment. Let me ask you what you would like to see happen. What you would like to see happen <laughs> okay. if you were king and uh, in, in, in the future. We'll do that when we come back. It's Dave Ellswick's show. We're live at State Capitol. All the politicians have gone home. It's kind of quiet here. Some people are singing downstairs. But, <laughs> that sounds like uh, Amazing uh, Grace. I yeah, think. <laughs> they were doing Amazing Grace. But anyway, bottom line is we'll be back here on Dave Ellswick's show in just a moment. All right, so we got Jeremy here from uh, Acre. And uh, we're sitting on the third floor of the state capitol right now on the House side and discussing, you know, some tax policy. I know for a lot of people that's not the sexiest topic in the world. But, but they're wrong. It's just pretty sexy <laughs> when you start looking at your paycheck. I mean, right. it can become a very sexy topic. What's your, what's your feeling? I mean, I'm, my feeling is the governor's moving in the right direction with the legislature, although I would like them to see They'll move faster, but it won't happen under this governor. He's a very methodical-based politician. However, uh, if you were king, I won't say even governor, if you were king, (laughs) all right, Jeremy, and you could do some things that would make some major impacts, what would you do? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things you do. If you if you think back to the kings of of olden days, and you think about to the extent they had taxes— would have been much lower than today, but but the primary thing they taxed was property, 
uh, in Arkansas, we have some of the lowest property taxes in the country, which in some sense is good. I mean, I like it as a homeowner and businesses like it. But um, when, we, when we look at it and say, well, why can't we have no income tax like Texas? Uh, our property taxes are one fifth the rate that they are, yeah, and so I think I think my daughter think, lives there. They're think, extraordinarily yeah. high. So they say, "Oh, we have no income tax," but well, your property tax is five times what someone with a comparable house in Arkansas is. So let's talk about something so, about that. They used to be able to write that off. That's right. With the Trump tax proposals that were passed, there's a limit. Yeah. There is a limit on that. Now, that's right. That people are going to pay more taxes. Yeah, there's a limit of ten thousand dollars. Now that applies to that's a pretty it, big house. It, it applies to income tax too. It's a it's it's a limit on on all state and local taxes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Texas gets it with it because they can't deduct their property tax over that amount. But we can't do our income tax, so it kind of hits everyone. Okay. Uh, for people with, with big houses, yeah, that, that would certainly hit them. But I think you know, and and to some extent, the task force did this. I, I liked if they would have taken an even broader picture and say, you know, how can we really fundamentally change the way the Arkansas tax system works. A lot of it was we're starting from the status quo and what kind of small changes can we make. Part of it is we just don't want to cut spending. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing is to look at is the spending side. Um, and you know, to the extent you can cut spending, right, we saw you know, with just $100 million, which is half of what state spending increases every year anyway, they could cut that top rate by a full point. Hmm. I mean, if you, if you – I mean, if they were over, the, say, the next – you know five legislative sessions to do that, you know, every every time, eventually we're getting down there close to a zero rate, right? So that's why I think this is a step in the right direction. Um, could it have been bigger? I mean, of course it could have been bigger. It always uh, can be bigger. But, you know, this is, it's a level that I think clearly the governor is comfortable with. It, it's in his budget, essentially this amount. So it, it's something which doesn't even require any other finding the money anywhere. Now, there are lots of other tax changes that they're probably going to come forward with uh, some decreases, especially on the corporate income tax. Uh, other ones, which will be increases, potentially for the gas tax, for other fees, for uh, enforcing internet sales tax. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot more tax things that are, that are going to be uh, proposed going forward. This was the this was the big one. I mean, it is the biggest one of their recommendations in terms of money and in terms of impact. But uh, now that this one's at least out there, I think they'll, they'll start to work on all these other recommendations too. Okay. But, so but, but me as king, I would I would look at you know how can we how can we kind of fundamentally rethink the, our tax and spending system, and um, um, but I think you know I don't want to belittle the work of the task force. I think they came out with some good recommendations, and and it looks like they're going to move forward. So that that is that's good. Yeah, well, see, is. this is where I I disagree with some people that want to point the finger at the Republicans that are controlling the House and the Senate now and saying, well, they're no better than the Democrats. I highly debate that <laughs> with anybody who watches the Democrat Party. We are, we are going in the right direction. It's yeah, just- well, and, and for me, I'd like to see it go. I, look, Jeremy knows me well enough that I would be give me a, a, a draconian sword to go in and start really making some major <laughs> surgery, and I would do so. However, I, the reality, the pragmatist on my side says it ain't going to happen that way. But as long as we're going to play Woody Hayes three yards in a, in a cloud of dust type of politics here, at least we're moving towards our goal line to score a touchdown. What's tough about that is that you've got to make sure that your team that's on the field stays with you. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, 
I think it's always good to think about again what is the goal like what are we what's what's yeah, the touchdown right to to? I mean we want to have income growing in Arkansas we want to have poverty going down we want to have businesses being started Jobs we want people we want to have, I mean people moving here is nice but I mean we have three million great people here yep. if, if they all just became wealthier I think that's to me that's that's that's, that's the goal a win. and so trying to look at ways to do that I think and there are lots of ways to do that taxes and the only, taxes aren't the only thing that matters but it's a big piece of it. And I think that you know we're at least you know moving three yards down the field. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And um, as far as the, the, the cuts in in spending, uh, I just look at it as I'm going to be waiting a while for that. Yeah, because I, I I think that the government in Arkansas is much too large. I think that it can be pared down significantly. I remember Charlie Collins when he was state representative here. He was on the air with me one time. He said, "Well, what do you want, Dave?" And I said. 10%, and you would have thought that I had said I was trying to call God down, you know, yeah. from this guy. He about had a heart attack on my show. Yeah. You can't do that. And I said, of course you can do that. It's yeah. do we have the will to do that. And, uh, boy, he, he left. Do you remember? Were you there that day that I, I said think I might have been. You, I, remember, I mean, but he turned pale. But, but 10% is easy if we just... Have some yeah. fortitude, and, and not but, when politicians are right. Involved. No, you're right. No, if you if we were to cut ten percent, you'd, you'd think we were slicing up babies yeah. outside the womb. Yeah, I think you know a ten percent cut in spending is you're going back to what it was five years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know what was was government you know so tiny five years ago we couldn't go back there. Government now, was now way de- too big five years now, ago. Now, depending on you know which departments are going to feel the cut, of course they're going to feel pain, but. You know, that's it's. We're not going back to the dark ages. We're going we back can, five years. We or can so. drive around and see government buildings that are much nicer than the homes we're living in. They're, they're incredibly expensive. They're fancy. These little Taj Mahals, whatever you want to call them. I'm sorry. That's a good indication they have too much money. Actually, I'm not sorry. That is a good indication <laughs> they have too much money. Well, we have nice buildings at UCA, but we raise our own money for the buildings. There you go. So, I mean, UCA is a state school. We are subsidized, but not for the buildings. We get the money for the buildings. So, uh, anytime you see a nice building at UCA, it's, uh, we raise that money or issued bonds. So, okay. so what's the next, what are, what's the next uh, uh, study that you guys are working on now? You're probably working on more than just one. Yeah, we have one that, that uh, it's going to come out any day. It's not really a study, but it's a, uh, we call it a citizen's guide to understanding economic data in Arkansas. So oh, good. things like the unemployment rate, median income, you know, what do these things mean? How have they changed in Arkansas over time? It's full of graphics and, and how do we compare to other states? So it's about a hundred pages long of, of mostly pretty pictures of data. And we've been working on that for a long time. We're very excited for that to be coming out soon. Um, should have the online version in the next couple of weeks, and we'll have print versions in a month or so. And we'll so, we'll get you on before when it comes yeah. out. Yeah, and that's we're not on that one. We're not trying to say change this policy, change that policy. It's just you know, when, when people talk about data, you know, new data came out today. Oh, the unemployment rate went up. The unemployment rate went down. So we'll talk about that oh, for five figure minutes. It out, right? Talk about that for five minutes, then yeah. move on. But we're trying to get everyone to say, here's all the data on some things Arkansas does well, on many things it doesn't do well, uh, and you know. In some cases, that relates to policy, but that's one thing we have coming out. We've got a couple publications uh, that have come out recently, and one that um, we're working on on occupational licensing and reforming that. We've been talking there, a lot there was of a, laws going through now. Yeah, there's a lot of bills proposed this session on, you know, either. I mean, there's one on 
uh, horse massage. If you want to yeah. massage horses, uh, you have to be a vet. They're looking at removing that requirement. Yes. Um, so I think think that's good. You know, which seems like crazy in the first place. You, you know, massaging a horse—it's not veterinary medicine, but that's how it was classified. And other states do this too. Um, but you know, but then there's also bills been proposed that are looking at kind of more fundamental reform uh, of of how we license occupations in Arkansas and how we determine is it really protect public safety or is it to protect industries, uh, industries from competition? Mm-hmm. Uh, so many are, times it ends up being the latter. Yeah. So or is it protecting the people who are in an industry from other people being yeah. able to get into the <laughs> right, industry? That's, so that's, that's one that's thing that's we've, we've done a lot of work on. We'll have some new things coming out and uh, we, uh, we look forward to all the bills. We're, we're glad people are talking about it and glad you are. All right. Well, we talk about it a lot on this show. <laughs> All right, we appreciate you coming by. Of course, you know, anytime. Got the, I got a, an email from uh, Jeremy and, and said, yeah, let's, let's do this because yeah. I, uh, I highly respect the work you guys do. I think that you're, you. you're the Heritage Foundation of Arkansas. <laughs> That's how I feel. I mean, right, well, it really thank, is. Thank, we appreciate you giving us time to come on and, and try to better explain these we'll things. We'll do it so. soon. Thank you. We'll yes. do it again. All right, let's get a break in. Thanks, coming Dave. up, Thanks, Paul. We've got some folks going to come on and talk about studies that are going on that you need to know about. Plus, Robert Steinbach is supposed to stop about uh, by, and I think he's going to say something about freedom of speech. All that's coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, back with you. I told you that Applied Research of Arkansas was going to be on with us this hour. We're going to have them on, and uh, I'm going to slide in Robert Steinbach sometime during the hour. He's got some information on a bill that we've been talking about that we want to give you the latest on. So there's a lot going to be happening this hour. Good. So uh, actively keep your ears open and pay attention. Best way I can put it. Sounds good. All right. And, uh, you know, Donna and Randy are here. They've been on my show several times. Business... Yeah, is pretty good with all the things that you guys are studying. A lot of new stuff coming out. I mean, it's amazing. It's a lot of new stuff. A lot of you things. see a lot of stuff on TV. Yeah. And, of course, you know, I hear some of the stuff on TV, and then you hear people that try to go get that drug, and it's so expensive, you know, because it's a new drug. And then you get so high deductibles and all this. And and so, but what, what people don't realize is, it, and you can think about it, other companies, then another company is producing the same type of drug. That's right. So, But they can't piggyback on their study, so yeah, they have to own. start all their mm-hmm. own study work. And so it, basically it's kind of like the same thing, just a little different, but it's, it's their version of it. And so they start producing and have to go through all their study work. So, you know, we get the drug uh, basically free and, and just – you know, we can do the studies and compensate the people, and that's how that's how research works. So it helps the people out because they get that uh, at a basically no cost, yeah. and then they get compensated for doing the study. I, here's what I do know, and it's the reason you know people always complain that drugs are so high in the United States, but not over in Europe. It's because people in Europe aren't doing what. We're talking about right here. Right, they're mm-hmm. they're just taking the studies that are done here, right, and uh, they accept them over there. And secondly, they don't have to have to deal with uh, copyrights a lot of times. Right. What was that? We had a lady come in. She was from was it Denmark? Mm-hmm. She yeah. flew all the way over to, from Denmark to meet with us and three other sites around the country, and that were I can't remember exactly what study it was, but this was last month. So. There is a drug company over there, and they're coming over here. 
last year we did study for a uh, flu a flu study. I remember that was the was it the people. pill yeah. was it the pill that came mm-hmm. out and now right. now they've they're fast tracked it and they were using it over there in Japan. It's a Japan company uh-huh. and it worked better than the Tamiflu. So uh, and now I think it's being released and they're starting to use it now. Mm-hmm. So it's for the flu. And then for everybody who's sitting there listening to this, after all of those tests are done, is when the company starts to make some money. Yes, yes. They're not making any money. They're spending money. Right. When you see those ads on TV and say, tell your doctor this to get me on this type of drug, Uh I mean, that's the latest and greatest right there. And so they go in and they say, yeah, we can get you on it, but it's going to be some money. Explain how that, you know, some of this, they they keep pushing a new drug as long as it's meeting the specifications to continue, you know, putting money into it. Sure. I mean, Eli Lilly is a perfect example that this can, you can go to the very end and then all of a sudden the bottom falls out. And uh, I'm good friends with uh, the corporate people at Eli Lilly. And uh, used to be, go in, doctor was talking about, you know, Cialis and, and mm-hmm. all of those. Those people don't. Those people don't even work anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. For, right. They know that the drug works, right? Right. right? right. They were using it as a methodology to help fund an Alzheimer's drug that mm-hmm. they were testing that they thought was going to make a major breakthrough. And guess what? They got into the final phase of the testing, like what you yes. all deal yes. with, right. yes. and it right. did not right. Right. work. Yep. And yep. they lost a th- almost half mm-hmm. of the price of their a share right. on the market. I mean, it right. devastated. It, it wiped out the whole Cialis program. Right. Mm-hmm. Done. Right. Fired everybody right. the next day. Yeah. Wow. It was incredible. Yeah. But yeah. that just shows how tough it is. You, you don't know if the it, drug you got is going to be successful or not. Right. Right. They, if they've got to go through the testing mm-hmm. and, and then... You know, and then the, finally, when it starts to go to trial, then that's when they start finding out. Sounds like to me, that's like playing craps, and you <laughs> well, hope you don't send, you don't throw snake eyes. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the thing is, we get it. We get the drugs on. You know, there's phase one, two, three, yeah. and four. Jennings, remember Jennings Osborne? Sure. He did phase one. He did. I mean, he had that hospital down there here, the Little initial, Rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did. He did the initial testing, and had uh, phase one. And so we get it. We don't have a hospital, right. but uh, we work with all these docs that we're going to be talking about here yeah. in a minute. But we do phase two, three, and four, which is after phase one, and then it's starting to use on the public. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's it's okay for you to take it then when you get to two. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's each phase has a different yeah. category that right. they go through. So yeah. it's, yeah, we don't have a devil's Island. Dr- dr- no. Drugs, <laughs> drug stuff doesn't move real fast. It moves real slow. So I've noticed it just changes a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, you know, until hopefully it it'll, you know, it, it takes a sense. while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why your drugs sometimes are, you know, a lot. I mean, right. a lot, a lot. Well, it's like antibiotics. I mean, they, they need new antibiotics because people get immune to antibiotics. And look at where they find them at. Maybe in a jellyfish. Mm-hmm. I know it. I've seen that commercial. Like a, who would have even thought about it's finding amazing. some in a jellyfish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. So uh, Randy and Donna are going to be here for a while. Let's, let's talk about one thing. This deals with a lot of doctors that people know 
here in our area. Mm-hmm. Right here in this market. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of brilliant we physicians do. We do. here in central Arkansas. People should be very proud of that, to right. be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, one that comes, I look at your list, and that I can tell people is uh, Dr. Deanna, uh, who has been my urologist for years. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he is the best I've ever gone to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really, really good. He's got a great bedside manner, which is important to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. But he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He'll bring up stuff that I've never even heard about. Yes. And he says, yeah, I was reading about this study from over in North Korea. Mm-hmm. You know, they have real good studies because they don't have people turn them down when they mm-hmm. ask them to right. volunteer. They go. <laughs> <laughs> they just show up. What studies is he on, Donna? Dr. Deanna is actually on, on our urology studies. He is the uh, urologist, uh, him and Dr. Uh, David Lupo as well is, is urologist. I've heard that about Dr. Mm-hmm. Lupo. Dr. Lupo actually had a practice down in Pine Bluff, um, and he, him and Dr. Deanna are, are good friends. We actually have a low testosterone study that we're doing with them now. So um, uh, also kidney stones. Uh, anybody suffers from kidney stones, uh, they can give us a call to see if that would be something that they would be interested in. Um, and uh, so Dr. Deanna is, is on those studies. And we've got a lot of other good physicians uh, in the area um, that work with us as well. Dr. Um, Capallo and his group at Premier Gastroenterology are uh, on ulcerative colitis and Crohn's study with I'm us. I'm glad you said that. Lots of people suffer from that. There's a lot um, that needs to be developed in that area to help people with this condition. Now, there's a lot of conditions. I mean, medicine today, you know, people talk about, yeah, I remember. You don't remember nothing if you're thinking in the good old days it was better than now. I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It isn't. I mean, now is everything in the past is a pale comparison mm-hmm. to what we got now. I'm a perfect example of that. Right. I had a, a you know, I had the five-way, uh, you know, open-heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father, who had, uh, you, know, cl- you know, clogged up arteries and stuff, it killed him. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was 15 years before I had my open heart. I'm alive because of that. Wow. I would have been dead if I had been alive during my father's time. Dave, right. have you ever heard of um, um, babies having holes in their heart? Yes. Well, I had one. Mm-hmm. They didn't find it until I was 41. Yeah. So they had to go in and fix it. The hole was as big as a half dollar. Wow. And they said, it was, they said it's a miracle you're alive. Right. It's amazing he's still living. And so they went in and fixed it. And, I mean, I'm... I'm walking proof. I mean, it's it was a miracle. It's also walking proof to tell you, don't try to knock him off, man. You can't <laughs> kill him. He's indestructible. <laughs> so let's look at some of the other doctors that you have here. Dr. Dillinger, Dr. Wilbur, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Jeffers from Four Seasons Asthma and Allergy. That's That's a brand of medicine that in the last... 20 years has made leaps and right. and bounds to treating people. You used to have to just suffer. Right. Asthma stuff here in Little Rock area, especially with our winter and, and warm heat conditions yeah. <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing is, is that here, I think Arkansas is the number two state for asthma and, and allergies. And allergies. Mm-hmm. I forget who was number one. Number one of least allergies is Arizona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that's where I'm thinking about retiring right. to whenever I leave. <laughs> nice and dry. If I do, yeah. But yeah. the bottom line is is that, yeah, it's tough here. I mean, we got tons of trees and sure. and all kinds of weeds. Mm-hmm. You go out there and it's desert. Yeah. So there's, I've been there. That's that's nice. I you love breathe, it You breathe easy. You can. You breathe easy. <laughs> breathe and, and I know a lot of people hate it when it gets really, really hot out there. I can say, you want that, or would you rather be in Chicago with 60 below right now? Yeah. I'll well, take it's hot, heat. but the humidity is not as bad. Yeah. The humidity is what's bad. That, well, I always say hot is hot, yeah. no matter if it's water or if it's, or <laughs> if it's just a sun lamp or whatever. Uh, but, you know, you got you got the A-list here. Right. The doctors. We really do. do. I mean, we do. do you go out and look for them? Uh, some of them I've known quite a long time. I mean, I've been I've been practicing. A I'm a nurse practitioner. I've been in the area for 30 years, probably more than that. But anyway, <laughs> Randy always tells me that. How long has she said 30? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to stay there because so I'm, st- I'm still young. So. It's a George Burns yeah. uh, explanation right. for it. Okay, that's yeah. cool. So I've, I've actually worked with a lot of these good physicians. Some of them uh, are friends of the ones that I've worked with. And so I've gotten to develop a, a good relationship with them. Um, uh, and they're some of the best. I mean, we're, you know... Uh, we we like good quality people that work with us. Good bedside. Every one of these doctors have great bedside manners as well too. They're all on the cutting edge of things. Uh, we have the Pinnacle Dermatology Group, which Dr. Yeah. Mabry, Dr. Wurgis, Dr. Martin. Um, they are awesome. Um, they uh, opened up their own practice. It's been what about a year or two, maybe? Yeah, uh, yeah I guess a little over a year. They're out at Pinnacle, um, actually out there by the Promenade, and so they're doing a lot of studies with this. Uh, we've got an eczema study, uh, acne study we're currently enrolling in, um, psoriasis, anybody with plaque psoriasis. How many ads are on television mm-hmm. now? Seriously about eczema and, and right, psoriasis. psoriasis right. A lot. There's a ton of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and these people suffer too because this oh, is a yeah. real itchy, you know, irritating disease. You know, I get it every once in a while. I don't get it as much as I used to. You know, as I don't wear rings, or or watches or anything because if I do, I start breaking out uh-huh. underneath of them. And doctors said, "Hey, psoriasis, Dave. I mean, I wear a ring, and within a week, yeah, get to get." all inflamed and starts burning and all kinds and then it spreads yeah amongst my fingers and yeah. you only have to have that happen a couple of times and you want it to stop yeah mm-hmm. you know as fast as possible and it would dry up and then all that skin peels off it's nasty yeah. mm-hmm. the acne one just started last week so uh, and how's it going uh, we're just in the process yeah we just just got the drug and and so we're we're ready to enroll uh in that study so mm-hmm. uh, we're ready for that. Any of these studies you can you can get in on by calling the our number nine five four seven eight two two. The best way is to log into our website at arcarkansas.com. I tell people that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just log on and studies are there. Yeah, right. just log on and click on cl- clinical trials. You can find out uh, more about all the studies there. What all we have to offer. Uh, again, uh, patients usually get they get compensated for their time and the travel and their time that they're putting into the study and i can't get into what it is uh uh on the air but it's 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 worth your time it is i mean you give us a call i'll talk to me i'll I'll tell you what it is okay it's 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 worth your time no not a small study no 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 it's 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 worth each each study's different so yeah every study's different more time the testosterone study is like five years long so you know it's 
it's a it's it's more mm-hmm. so yeah and you're getting the testosterone application that is on the cutting edge yes mm-hmm. you know because you know we've we've had some that have been out on the market and then they found out was doing things they weren't wanting it to do, mm-hmm. things of that nature, some of the gels. All right, let's come back. We'll talk further about this. Got to get a break in. We're live at the Capitol. We're sitting on the third floor. We're on the House side. All the politicians are gone, so it's nice and quiet here right now. And uh, Randy and Donna are with us uh, from Applied Research of Arkansas. We're going to continue talking to them. If you've got a question, 8230965 is our number. You can ask that. When we come back, I'll talk to them a little bit about the people like you who are sitting out there going, eh, I don't know if I want to do that or not. Well, we're going to talk you into it. We'll do that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, and we're taking to the bottom of the hour. At that time, we'll have the news. Uh, after the news, we come back. Uh, before we get back to Applied Research of Arkansas, I'm going to drop uh, uh, Mr. Steinbach in for about five minutes and let him come up to date. No, don't turn that away from me yet, Don. It's oh. after news. Oh. And then we'll get him in, then we'll take a break, and we'll come back and finish up with you. And with Randy, all right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more. I know that people out there, and we're asking people to become part of these studies. Right. They go to the, the, the website, they're going to ask them a few questions, and then contact them, and then they're going to ask some more in-depth information of them. And if they right. say they're good for it, then you're good for it. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward and easy. Mm-hmm. The question that, that I think a lot, in a lot of people's minds is, one, how much time will it take out right. of my life? And two, really, how safe is this? Mm-hmm. So we've got about uh, four minutes here. I'll let you deal with it. Okay. Well, number one, um, these most of the studies that we have done are at, like Randy had mentioned, at phase two, three, and four. Uh, phase four is when it actually gets on the market um, okay. after that. Uh, so they've already gone through a trial prior to that. Uh, and it is very strategic. I mean, you do have to qualify for the study. It's not just anybody can come into the study. There's certain, you know, uh, parameters. parameters. Exactly. Certain parameters. And people always ask that question, well, why would I want to be in a study? Um, well, if you have this specific condition, uh, there are some uh, trials that we have, uh, just like a diabetic gastroparesis. There's nothing out there at this point for diabetic gastroparesis. Uh, and so clinical trials is actually where treatment begins. I mean, you know, we've said this before, you know, if you take Tylenol, if you take Advil, if you're taking a blood pressure medicine, they that had to, to go through a clinical yes. trial for you to take it. Uh, And so they're safe. I mean, safety is the number one, um, you know, criteria um, during these clinical trials. You're monitored very, very closely. Uh, The visits, you come in, they're definitely uh, scheduled out. So we we are, uh, you know, some some, um, of these studies have more frequent visits than others, but you are definitely um, scheduled out. We work around the patient's schedule. We work around your work schedule, around the kid's schedule. So um, it's, um, you know, just participating in so that you can help medical science. Some of the studies that we have are, are medications that are already out. They're just looking for another indication of how would it work in this area. So um, we got some that are new and some that are already out, and they're looking for other indications for it. Yeah, because some medicines that are on the market that do something, 
weren't being tested to see if they could right. do what they're being used for. It's kind of like Viagra. Yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> I know what you. I know what you were thinking. Of course, everybody goes to that one. Yeah, uh, well, it was. Uh, it started as a heart medicine. Yeah, for right. uh, angina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then and uh, guys kept coming hey. in. Going, it's getting rid of my heart problems, kinda, but. I can tell you what, there's something else that's happening that it's really doing. So, yeah, and it, it worked very well. But now you see all these others that are have come out, yeah. you know, like Viagra, that do male enhancement. And, I mean, there's a dozen of them out there. Every one of them had to go through their clinical trial. Right. I agree. All right, so, so we're going to take a break. We'll come back after the news. I'll talk to Robert for a few moments, and then I'll be back with Applied Science. All right, we're going to move away from Applied Research of Arkansas just for a few moments. Robert Steinbach, who's got classes uh, this evening, stopped by here on the third floor. And you know that when he stops by the third floor like this, it's important. Oh, it's big news, Dave. What's going on? Dave, we're going to break news right now. First of all, something you do know about already is the Dave Ellswick uh, free speech bill is on its way through. Good. Uh, Wednesday, it's going to hear it. Uh, And it's, uh, it's an excellent bill. Uh, we have Bob Ballinger, who did a, a great job of hurting the cats, shall we say, getting everybody uh, to the same place on the bill. Of course, Kim Hammer was the original uh, introducer of this idea from you, and Kim Hammer has maintained the most significant conservative line on that. Uh, and, and I can tell you, I don't know of any member of the legislature during this session who is more conservative than Kim Hammer. So he deserves kudos. Now, some folks are like, well, what about me? And I'll say, well, then, you've, then you're equal because nobody's more conservative uh, in this legislature than Kim Hammer. He's doing a fantastic job. Uh, we can also say that uh, Dan Sullivan in the House has done a great job because he's also a strong conservative and he also made sure that the voices of his constituent ASU were adequately and aptly heard, and they were. Uh, And so Dan Sullivan, again, deserving of great kudos. We've got a fantastic bill. It's now titled the Forum Act, and I never know what these acronyms uh, stand for anymore, but I can tell you what the Forum Act is. It's a Dave Ellswick free speech bill. That's moving ahead. Good. Now we're going to break some news. We're going to break some news that Kim Hammer, uh, our favorite conservative, has introduced four bills today, uh, outstanding bills. Uh, one of them uh, deals with freedom of contract in higher ed. It's a whole bunch of gobbledygook that says this. The, the, the leftist in academia have been making moves to shut up conservatives on campus. Your bill is designed to deal with that as well, mm-hmm. predominantly but not exclusively for students and campus members in general. Right. This bill that Kim Hammer just introduced is about the attempts to squeeze out conservatives and shut them up on campus by a bunch of unelected leftist uh, administrators in, un- in university systems across this country, in fact. And this bill says, you, you, if you change the rules uh, after somebody got a contract, uh, well, guess what? Their contract prevails because this is a move that we're seeing across the country. Say, oh, well, you've got tenure, but you're not allowed to say these things. Wait, wait, but I already had tenure, and I was allowed to say these things. Well, not anymore. Now, yes, sir, you get to continue to say it. And, and let's be clear what these unelected administrators are targeting. They're con- targeting conservative speech, conservative academics, because we're the minority. 
We're the minority yeah, on campus. That's the thing that people need to understand. Yeah, you need to understand this, right? And so when, when conservatives aptly say, well, uh, you know, tenure, doesn't that protect people who are incompetent? And it, it could, in certain limited circumstances, do that. But what tenure actually protects these days on leftist campuses are conservatives. Okay. So, so you worried about tenure? Worried about it another day. These days is when tenure protects conservatives. Uh, the next bill that we that Kim Hammer introduced today, you know that uh, government unelected bureaucrats have been telling across the country again have been telling their employees. Well, I looked on your Facebook page over the weekend. I saw you wrote, you know, make America great again, and and you know that makes people feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to need to consider that in your evaluation, or maybe you need to look for a new job. And so this uh, new uh, uh, proposal the, uh, to amend the Public Employees Political Freedom Act says, guess what? On your time, you can talk about whatever you want to whomever you want, because it's your time. Right. And we don't need the heavy hand of government reaching over and typing on our Facebook pages what some unelected, typically leftist, holdover bureaucrat believes. Okay. All right? Very good. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a good mm-hmm. one. Um, uh, the third one deals with these problems that we've talked about already, where these, these quasi-governmental entities are walking around saying, oh, we're not subject to the FOIA, and this, and they are, yeah. and they are, and the bill just clarifies that. I mean, it was clear before, but it puts an additional stick. It says, hey, guess what? We really, really, really mean it. Good luck if you think you're going to get away with this. And finally, uh, the last one, you know the, the, the case with these uh, Catholic uh, uh, boys, right? Yeah. And, and how the press... Uh, they mistreated them. Yes, they did. Right? The press lied about them, and the press didn't do their homework about them. And this says there's a, a notion in the law uh, related to essentially defamation, and it's called false light. Uh, it's another it's another claim, much like defamation. It deals with it in a slightly different way, and it makes clearer. And it also streamlines the ability of people like those Catholic boys who were so mistreated to say, "You have wronged me." You have bad-mouthed me, and you have wronged me, and I have a cause of action. That's the last bill that Kim Hammer has introduced today. So really four powerful conservative bills being introduced by Kim Hammer today, and this is just the beginning of what is the most conservative legislature in the country today, and we need to make sure that during this tight period of time, we enact as many conservative bills as we can. We're talking guns. We're talking free speech. We're talking um, uh, freedom of of conservatives on campus. We're talking about freedom of the citizenry to say in their private time what they want to say. So kudos to, to, to Kim Hammer. Kudos to Bob Ballinger, as I mentioned earlier. Kudos to um, to Dan Sullivan and all the other folks, frankly, that are on yep. these bills. Getting on. All right. So they're going to pick this uh, one on uh, freedom of speech on uh, Wednesday. On Wednesday. Then. It's going to be in committee right. on Wednesday, and I'm going to be there. All right. Yes, sir. Then you'll stop by and tell us how it goes. I'll huh? do it. All right. Well, have a good weekend. You too, my friend. Thank okay. you. Okay. Enjoy teaching. I'll try. When it's a, I love it. You it's know a I Thursday do. evening. All right. Appreciate you. Thank okay. You. Did you have something you wanted to say, Mark? Sure. Come on over here real quick. Mark, Mark Johnson's here. Senator Mark Johnson. By the way, I mentioned you today on the air when the governor was on. I asked him about uh, your uh, bill that you put forth about uh, punishing people found uh, guilty of a felony while they're serving and if it's related to their serving in the, in the legislature. And the governor said he highly supports it. 
I appreciate the governor saying that. And uh, let, me, let me say, Dave, that uh, I can't – I'm overwhelmed with the support I've gotten. I wouldn't be surprised if we get uh, 134 co-sponsors for, for that one. I, really? Good. Well, let me say this. It's – I think I mentioned this when I was in studio with you last time. Uh, and for people that aren't following it, this is a bill that would – cause someone who committed a felony, an elected official commits a felony that's related to their official position. Like John Woods. That's a good example. Then they would lose their state pension benefits. And as a lot of people may not know, uh, former Senator Nick Wilson is still receiving his retirement benefits, even though he uh, went to federal penitentiary and still owes quite a bit of fine on, yes. on his. But we, this will be a chance to rectify that. But we've had nothing but great response. I, I will point out things like this, anytime you're related to something that's protected under federal law as ERISA, the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, that's the federal law that secures pension plans. You mess with that, you got to dot your I's and cross your T's. And it got complicated enough that uh, Senator Stubblefield and I pulled together and, and our two bills, and we've drafted another bill. And we have multiple uh, co-sponsors. And I, even, I have some Democrats on it, I'm very proud to say. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a good government bill. It's not just a Republican bill. You know, even liberals don't like crooks in public life. So well, That's good. So, but anyway, we just—I just filed that that uh, bill. It's Senate Bill Two Thirty Eight. We just—I just filed it, and I have a whole bunch of co-sponsors. I'll even give you a copy. If well, you thank you very much. And uh, we just uh, also—I had another bill, and you, again, it goes back to the same general issue, but a little more specificity. We need to separate this out. Uh, it would allow garnishment of retirement benefits when uh, someone. Uh, for restitution, when someone commits a felony that arises out of their official actions and uh, results in actual economic loss to the state of Arkansas. Good. You're putting some teeth in this stuff. And that's, we're we're that's sharpening great, a lot of teeth, Dave. That's we really good. are. And, and, uh, and there's, there's more ethics legislation in the works. And some of my, I, I'm sure there is in the House, too, but I can speak to the Senate. There's, and Senator Hammer proud to have him as a co-sponsor on Senate Bill 238. He's working on lots of good stuff, and uh, uh, we both filed some bills this afternoon, and, and I, I appreciated what uh, uh, Professor Steinbuck said about, about Kim. He's absolutely spot on. He's a, a brilliant and, and forward-thinking legislator. Great. We will see you next week. Yes, sir. We're, Go home. It's going to be a big week next week. Okay. I think we're finally, I hate to say we've spent two or three weeks kind of just getting uh, uh, all the ceremonial stuff out of the way. Right. But uh, we're really getting down to work next week. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Same to you now. You, all right. Thanks. Thank you, Mark. Senator Mark Johnson here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Quick break. Come back, finish up with our friends from uh, Applied Research of Arkansas. Uh, When we come back, we'll tell you all of the different studies they've got going that you, if you want, can get involved in by just going to arcarkansas.com. More in a moment. All right, we're back with you. We've got uh, about 10 minutes to go here. And let's uh, get back with Randy and Donna from Applied Research of Arkansas. We've told you how easy it's to get involved in this, and but you got to go through a process to see if you're the right person for the study. If you are, then they're going to tell you what you have to do to be part of the That's study. Screening. We'll okay. Screening process. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you go through your screening process, and then 
people can get in it. There's compensation for time and travel, and mm-hmm. you don't have to pay for any of the medications. Are some of these uh, ones that you might be given pills to take or whatever, and some of them may be placebos? They, they don't do anything at all? There's some studies that do that. Some have uh, the actual medicine. Some have a placebo arm. There's other studies that you can get the medication, or they're actually studying their medication against the medication that's already out. So, okay. Mm-hmm. It's so. kind of smart. I mean, it's a well, they got to figure cool. it out. They know, mm-hmm. they, they know what they're doing on it. Yeah, so well, there's, there's a lot all, of money riding all, on it. I know it. Uh-huh. That's the key. There's a whole lot of money that's riding on all of that. So, Donna, why don't we run over all the different studies that you all have? you got a, okay. a list here. Why don't you run over it? And, again, the phone number to call is 954-7822. But, more importantly, the website right. is uh, ARC. Arkansas.com. Right. 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 So if you want to go look on the website, it actually shows you all the current studies that we have uh, that we're enlisting in and enrolling in. Right now we're uh, enrolling in acne uh, studies, psoriasis, if you suffer from plaque psoriasis, um, atopic dermatitis or eczema. Most people know it as that. We have a GERD study. We have a diabetic gastroparesis study, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's kidney stones and um, this is particularly with oxalate and most people are going to know if they have oxalate stones uh, with that and we actually have a pediatric uh, constipation and uh, uh, diarrhea irritable bowel syndrome uh, study as well so if you know of anyone that suffers from any of these have them um, call us at 501-954-7822 or or look on our website uh, apply there and then you will be receiving a call from one of our staff uh, seeing how we can help you because here's the key they're always in need of people to, to get involved with these studies now you might call for a study and they've already filled it but right. there's plenty of other studies that you might right. even not have thought about and they get your information they might call you back that's true right. we put your name in a database and we take down what maybe what uh, symptom or what disease or what problem you have and that way if if there's a study that's coming up for that in a couple of months or this year, I mean, we've got a pipeline that's about 40 in there the last time I looked. So there's going to be several more studies coming. And so we'll do a search in our database. And if your uh, situation is in that uh, database, then it'll pop up and then we'll contact you and say, hey, you know, we've got this going now. So just because you don't have, we, we may not have you listed in this, doesn't mean that there's not a study coming coming open for your situation. There may very well be. Right. So there's always new stuff coming out. Always. Right. All right. So the bottom line to think about when you're considering this is simply this. This is not the, uh, a, a number one trial. This is we're down the, 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 uh, the pinnacle of this. Uh, and uh, you're getting in just as the drug is getting ready to go on the market uh, on all of these different studies that they're doing, some of the best doctors involved with doing studies about all of this are involved with these studies. Right. And to name a few, I mean, most people, uh, their doctors, if their doctor's involved in the study, they're going to get more apt to to participate. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually have uh, the Pinnacle Dermatology Group, which is Dr. Mabry, Dr. Werges, and Dr. Um, Martin. 
Uh, we have Dr. Ken Martin, who is an uh, orthopedic surgeon. He does uh, clinical trials with us as well. Wow. Uh, Dr. Steve Simpson. We have Dr. Capallo uh, and his group, which is the premier gastroenterology. They're all uh, actually McElreath, uh, Savoda, uh, Jones. Um, I know I'm leaving somebody out. Uh, also, Dr. Velez. Dr. Velez has been a gastroenterologist in the area for about the past 30 years. So uh, a lot of his patients probably would recognize his name. Dr. Richard Deanna, Dr. David Lupo, they're both urologists. Dr. Dillinger is actually a podiatrist. He is uh, looking at doing several studies we've got going from him. I haven't are not enrolling at this point, but we have some in, in line. Dr. Lee Wilbur is our emergency medicine doctor, uh, actually with St. Vincent's. Um, Dr. Terry Jeffers does asthma and allergy. And then Dr. Livers is a, a GYN OB doctor at the Cornerstone Clinic that is actually involved with us. And the other factor is we do have a walk-in clinic as well. Uh, you know, if you're unable, if you're sick and don't have a physician or unable to get in to see your doctor, we're also available uh, at ARC Express Clinic. And our number is uh, 501-954-7822. Or you could stop in and see us. We're right next to the Burger King right on Rodney Parham yeah, near Henson Road. You can eat bad. And That's it. Hey, did you see it? They've got it. Right. I mean, they remodeled they that completely. Yeah. Very oh, nice. They took it all out on the inside and outside. Left the steel and and redid the whole thing. Wow, well, I should check yeah. that out. Mm-hmm. I like amongst fast food places, and I don't go to them very often. But uh, yeah, Burger King is one of my it's favorite burger places. It's just right got a next door to the, taste. right next door to the, the new Burger King is where where we are. So stop stop by and see us, and 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 uh, we can go over all the studies with you. Or, screen you right there yeah and there there really are they're looking for folks to be uh you know active in this and mm-hmm. so they could use your call again that's 501-954-7822 or and this probably the better place to go is the website arc arkansas.com that's mm-hmm. all you gotta do and you it's just got all the studies and everything. Yeah, you just click on clinical trials. Once you get to the website, you'll see all about the walk-in service. And then when you see clinical trials, click on, on that, and it'll open up all the studies we're doing and all the doctors, and it'll have all the stuff about information about the studies. And you just click, and you just put your name in there and uh, answer the questions, and we'll get back with you. Well, I still got to get involved with the low testosterone. We can do it. I got to get over there and get into it, mm-hmm. see what's going on. All right, because they said the age limit is older, <laughs> <laughs> and if the age limit is older, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, just saying, I'm in as far as that goes. We're getting there too. <laughs> all right, I'm going to let you all get on your way, get ready for uh, your Friday and your weekend to get in front of you, and uh, have a nice evening tonight. And hopefully, your crab legs will show up. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> as, as a joke, they, he, they had some. Crab legs showing up, and they walked away. They were from, they they were from Alaska. They walked all the way from Alaska, <laughs> yeah. and they walked right by my house. I saw them on the camera. Yeah. How, by the way, we just got a moment here. How is that ring? Is it working? I love it. I really? love it. It's I love good? it. I pulled they, you, the delivery truck. Won't say the name. Almost did. The delivery truck said, "Oh, well, they came by and delivered your crabs." I look. I saw the delivery truck. It came by. Did not stop. I've got the time. Oh, you can call that back up and show it. I to can send it an email. Ooh, I can yeah. send it in, in an email. Somebody's in trouble. Yeah, I, I see everything. So it's and then I see I've got one on the street and I've got one on my front porch. Oh. So it monitors the whole house. Very cool. Is yeah. it? Re, is it? Don't have to give me a price or anything. But is that reasonable? 
Yes, it's, it's about a hundred bucks a camera. Okay, and then a hundred dollars uh, gives you the storage for a whole year. Oh wow! And it records, I think, up to six, uh, three, sixty days, every action for sixty days, and then it starts redoing. recording or redoing, redoing okay. it. All right. Yeah, it's, it's, I had to look into it. I, I like if it. If I mention you, do you get a get any kind of twenty percent off or something? <laughs> no, no, they do. <laughs> I, 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 no. no, I was going to say if you did, I no, sure you I give me twenty percent, oh, okay. and then I'll call them, Dave. That's the way it works. All right, All right thanks a lot, y'all. I appreciate you coming Thank by. You. you guys do a great job and a lot of great stuff that you're looking into. And I am going to go to that low testosterone. In fact, I talked to Dr. Diana about that the good. last time I saw well, him. Well, he's, he's, he's the PI on it. Well, he's a man. He's just a man. We know he's the man. All right, let me get a, a break at the top for you for your news. And then tomorrow I'll be back. I'll be in studio. It's a fun Friday. Matt Smith will be with us. And uh, I'm not sure exactly who else is going to come by tomorrow. You just never know when we get into this time of year every other year on the Dave Ellswick Show. Have a nice evening. I'll see you at 2 tomorrow. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 